Turn with me, if you would, to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. And we're going to read something here that uh, God has laid on my heart. I, uh, I started to speak tonight on getting used to the darkness. But I think that's pretty common right now, getting used to the darkness. But uh, tonight, as we look into this, this is God's Word, and, and uh, we, we need to be in tune with Him tonight. And I pray that you're praying that God's Word will go forth with the power it's intended, not my power, but His power. In chapter 10 of the book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible says, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking Savior. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart at his left. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him. And he saith to everyone that he is a fool. If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place. For yielding pacifieth great offenses. There is an offense, or there is an evil, which I have seen under the sun, as an error which proceedeth from the ruler. Shall we pray? Father, thank you tonight for this privilege. Lord, I can't do this without you. And I pray that you would just have the preeminence tonight. I pray for your glory to come down and speak to our hearts tonight as we break the bread of life and we, as we look into what you have for us. Thank you for these who have come. Thank you for those who are listening. And Father, I pray that you would deal with hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to stink, according to verse 1. Now, uh, some people may not understand what an apothecary is. That, that would be our definition today uh, of a pharmacy, uh, the pharmacist, the pharmacy. And uh, the ointment would be uh, something that is, uh, shall I use the word grease? Uh, that is something. Now, ladies, don't get alarmed. I'm just going to say something now. That has to do with makeup as well. I think a lot of makeup has to do with grease, and uh, some of it comes from the apothecary. And uh, B.R. Lincoln, I mentioned him this morning. I know why he keeps, keeps coming to my mind, but he said if the barn needs painted, paint it. And uh, this is something that, that uh, you know, don't get mad at me, ladies. I'm just passing on the word to you. But the, uh, when the, it says dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to stink. Well, why does this happen? Why would this happen? Uh, well, flies love grease. And if you've, uh, if you've ever come in contact with flies, you know that they love grease. And this would be the ointment of the apothecary that we're speaking of here. Well, what happens when flies love something? They eat it. They eat it. And this, this verse specifically is speaking, I believe, of the stinging fly. Did you ever get bitten by a fly? Boy, they hurt. I've been bitten by them. And uh, I've seen flies uh, swarming around, and I try to stay away from them. But, but you know, it's hard to stay away from old flies. But they love, they love to bite. And I've been bitten by those things before. Not only do they uh, love to eat things, they also lay eggs. And once again, don't get alarmed now, but these eggs turn into maggots, don't they? And when I see that word, I can't help but think of what hell is going to be like. I'll not be there. I don't have to worry about it. 
but I, I remember the verse that says where the worm dieth not. Some people believe that that means maggots, I don't know. Um, but whatever it means, I believe there will be maggots there. And I think every kind of, of uh, anything that will uh, cause people who are in hell any torment, I believe it's going to be there. So I believe that there will be those maggots there. Well, flies lay eggs and eagles maggots, and uh, actually some fall in and die. These flies will fall in there and die. Well, you know, the same thing, the same thing happens to a person of reputation. And who has a reputation for wisdom, honor, and who has uh, sin for a season pleasure in that sin. This, this person may be a person of high esteem, but there comes a time possibly when this, the sin in the life takes over. It overtakes them. They stink. They send out a, 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 something that is a, a stinking smell. And I believe that it's something that goes up into the nostrils of God and makes him sick. It actually, if we could think of God getting sick, I do not believe that, it's, uh, I believe that instead of the sweet savor that God wants to see and, and have coming from a person of reputation, I believe that it sends out a stinking odor. It's like when that fly dies in that ointment. Well, the remedy, of course, we know is 1 John 1, 9, confessing sin. If we confess our sins, of course, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now notice, what I'm talking about here is, once again, not only people in general of reputation, but I'm, I'm speaking also of leaders of wisdom, who have wisdom, uh, supposed wisdom, uh, those who are of reputation, but they turn around and they do fully, foolish, silly things. Now, I think of some of the people of the past, some of our leaders, I think of Roosevelt, uh, New Deal. Now, I wasn't alive during that time. Some people think I would be alive, but I wasn't alive during that time. I read about it. And uh, you need to be praying about this as well. Uh, some of these characters today are trying to do away with the history of this country. And in one way or another, they're trying to cover things up and they're trying to do away with things. But we need to go back and look at what happens with uh, some of these leaders that we've had in this country. Roosevelt, the, the New Deal, Nixon, of course, Watergate, and, and China. And, uh, uh, you know, back, back when you think about Roosevelt, people make fun of Hoover, but do you know that Hoover was elected, was gotten into office by Christian people? He was placed there by Christian people. Now, Carter, Mr. Peanut, uh, Mr. Peanut, he signed away our, our uh, uh, rights, uh, our property rights to, in the UN in 1977. I've got something, I, I forgot to get it out of my pocket here. And uh, let me see where I put it. Here it is. I just wanted to read this. Also, now on March 31st, 1976, California Governor Ronald Reagan stated this. And I, I remember him doing that. He said, well, you remember him doing that? Well, the Canal Zone, speaking of the Panama Canal, is not a colonial possession. It is not a long-term lease. It is sovereign United States territory, every bit the same as Alaska and all the states that were carved from the Louisiana Purchase. We bought it, he said. We paid for it. We built it, and we intend to keep it. 
Well, President Jimmy Carter comes along and he gave away the Panama Canal in 1977. And today, passage through that canal on either end is con effectively controlled by China. And people don't realize these things. And folks, we got to keep up with this. We got to understand what our leaders are doing. And, and we, we need to be uh, recog recognizing this and staying on top of these things. That people of reputation, there's mistakes that's been made. And, uh, you know, Reagan himself, he went to China, but even good people can make mistakes. Well, this problem also would apply to that preacher who indulges in immorality, in being lifted up also with pride, in going after the almighty dollar. We see that every day. Well, you know, we know of it, but we need to pray for these people. Pray that God would take care of this and show them what's going on in their lives. Well, this would apply also to the preacher who will compromise biblical standards to please people. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to read something there uh, about what I'm speaking of here. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 11 through 17. O oh, ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I've had preachers look at me and say, well, Brother Woodard, uh, you, you don't know my people. You, you know, I, I really can't preach things like that from the pulpit. This preacher didn't say that to me, by the way. Let me make that clear. Okay. But Brother Woodard, you, you just can't take a stand like that and, and tell people that it's wrong for mixed bathing. Uh, you can't tell people that uh, you, you can't not say something about women looking like men. You can't say something about men looking like women or husbands letting their wives tell them what to do. One person has said that his wife looked like, was like a Till of the Hun, and uh, he said she looked like it also, and he was scared to death of her, so she told him what to do. Well, and children running the home. It's sad when a child can tell the parents, I don't like this place because I'm not having enough fun. I don't like this area. I don't like a, a church because uh, they just don't make me feel happy. Well, that's wrong. The parent needs to take a stand and say, look, you're going to go with us, and we're going to go where the church teaches and preaches the Word of God. Amen. We need to take a stand for God. Well, Brother Woodard, this is the 21st century. Well, yes, and God bless 
even in the 21st century, God gets sick at his stomach at a bunch of thumb-sucking, weak-kneed, panty-waisted, milk-toast, lily-livered, compromising, spineless, ear-tickling, worthless preachers. We need to stand up for what is right as preachers of the Word of God. We need to stand for what's right, stand in his might alone. Today, the noise of battle, what's the rest? The next, the victor song. We stand up, and I think of compromising preachers who have come into churches and establishments of Christian schools. They've come in there after the leaders who have taken their, dedicated their lives to letting God use them to build great works and many souls being saved. And you have a compromising preacher come in there and take something over and run it, run it into ground, and then it's gone. God help us to take a stand and do what is right. I preached this message, part of this message, back in a place called Rock Cave, West Virginia one time. And uh, when I left, I didn't know whether to pucker up or to duck when I went out of that place. I didn't know if the preachers were going to string me up or not. But God saved me that day. He, he got me out of there. Rock Cave, West Virginia. I'll never forget that. It wasn't in a cave, by the way. That's just the name of the place. Well, notice verse 2. Notice the left. Now, this is in, uh, in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 2. Okay? The left, the right. Did you know that the left in Latin means sinister? Now, don't get alarmed. I'm not talking about if you're left-handed, okay? That's, that's, I'm, not, I'm not getting at that. My daughter's left-handed, and I'm not, I'm not worried. It is. I don't think she's sinister. But in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 33, it says, And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Well, once again, left means sinister. I want to be on the right. Because the right means exactly that, right. It means that you're right, in the right place. Matthew 25, 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Left means wrong. Left is the wrong place to be, according to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41. Right is the right place to be, according to the scriptures. Are you on the right side? Well, you better pray and ask God to lead you. You need to be on the right side. You don't need to be on the left. You need to be on the right. Verse 3 of Ecclesiastes. It says, The fool walks by his way. His wisdom fails. Well, what does he do? He simply tells everybody he's a fool. He's a fool. In Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, you know that psalm. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. What's the rest of it say? Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the counsel. But what? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I planted a little garden this year. I was a little proud of that garden. Okay? I planted it late. And uh, it wasn't by the rivers of water. Okay? 
I kept watering that and watering it. I got a few little tomatoes off of it. And bless God, got to eat some of those tomatoes. But those leaves, they've started turning brown. They've started going bad. I've had to pull some of the plants up now. But bless God, if you're planted by the rivers of water, if you're studying the Word of God, you don't have to worry about withering away. You will stay fresh. You will know the Lord is your God and that you will have that anchor that you know of that's going to keep you safe and secure in this time of difficulty that we go through. Verse 4 of Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Now notice, I believe what it's saying here is when the government comes in, don't leave. Stay in your place. Second Chronicles chapter 26 and verses 16 through uh, 21 talks about uh, a fellow by the name of Uzziah. He was the king. In the Bible, if you go back and read that, you'll find out that he was, uh, he was a very important person. And he would let you know this, that he was an important person. He would let you know that he was all, you know, he was all puffed up. You didn't have to ask him because you could see it. Well, he got so puffed up that he took it upon himself to go in to the house of God. He went in there, and the Bible tells us that he offered incense on the altar of sacrifice, and th this was the priest's job. The priest would go in there, and he would offer this. But, you know, there was a man by the name of Azariah. This was a man of God who stood up for what was right. He was a man who stood up and told Uzziah, get out of here, this is not your job. You're wrong, you're not to come into the house, you're the government. You're to stay out of here and leave us alone. There's a lot of things that the government is coming in on churches, and I believe we need to be ready for it. I'm not talking about being an anarchist, I'm not talking about doing something that is illegal, I'm talking about standing here and standing up and uh, folks, it may not be long till they say, well, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, and we're going to come in, we're going to arrest the pastor. Let them take the pastor out of here. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> three meals a day, is that what it is now? But anyway, uh, no, don't take the pastor out of here. We need the pastor here. But this is the thing. Once again, I'm not talking about breaking the law because... Romans 13, 1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Do you know where Paul wrote these words? He was in prison. He was in prison for preaching the gospel. You say, well, uh, Paul probably gave up and went home, didn't he? No, Paul kept preaching the word. Even when he was chained, he preached the word to those guards, and those guards, some of them, got saved. He stood for the word of God. Acts chapter 12, we're told that James had his head cut off. He was killed. He was executed by the state, by Herod. Well, he had to quit preaching because he had his head cut off. But you see, Peter was in jail also at that time. He was waiting his turn to be executed. Why? Because he was preaching the gospel. He was in jail for standing for the word of God. If, if the uh, government would come in and they would tell you that you've got to stop going to church, I wonder what you would do. I wonder what you would do. Uh, folks, it's time that we stood up and stood for God and not, not concern. Our, now, we need to be concerned and use common sense about certain things. I'm not talking about breaking the law, but let me tell you this. We have a right to be in this building. This is God's place. And the 
the Constitution and all of this, and which they're ignoring now, gives us a right to be here and the government to stay out. And that's the way it should be. Acts 5.29 says, We ought to obey God rather than man. And we look at things and we say, well, there's laws. If they pass a law that keeps us from coming in here, what are we to do? The Bible says we're to obey God rather than man. What did Peter do? He kept preaching after he was in jail. And we know that by studying the Word of God that he, was a, he became a person who led many souls to a saving knowledge. On the day of Pentecost, uh, 3,000 or more got saved that day. Did he stop preaching? No, he kept on preaching. Well, what would happen? We'll get back to the flies just a minute. What will happen if flies are not removed and kept from getting in the apothecary? Well, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 5 says that judgment will come. If we do not take a stand, judgment is going to come here. Judgment will fall. And we see this in the, in the Old Testament where the nation of Israel, they did not take a stand and the judgment of God fell. Stink. Stink. Isaiah 324, and it shall come to pass that instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink, the Bible says. When the flies come in, we need to get them out. We need to get them out. Tell them to stay out of God's business. What's the problem? Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, I like that. When it says ignorant men, that gives me hope, okay? Unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. But the problem, preachers are not with Jesus. How do I know? Acts 4, 19 and 20 says, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What did they see? They were with Jesus. They saw Jesus. And they spoke the things that Jesus spoke. They spoke the things that this book tells us to speak. They stood up for the Word of God. Now, when you've been with Jesus, you can't help but have boldness. If you want boldness, if you don't want to be shaken, in, uh, shaken and, and all confused and everything, you get with Jesus, and He's going to give you the boldness. You get boldness. And you speak the things that He says to speak. You don't speak the things just as you want to speak it, but you speak the things he wants you to speak. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing. He said, I couldn't stand it. I could not stay. He said, I had to keep preaching the word of God because it was burning in me. Folks, we need that burning in our souls and in our lives as Christian people tonight. We need to be standing on the Word of God. Luke chapter 12, verses 11 and 12, tells us what to do. And when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto the magistrates and powers, take you no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. Do as God says and not as what men says. When the Holy Spirit 
will work through a person and that person can speak the Word of God, that means they've been in the Word of God. That means they're prepared. They're prepared for what's coming along. And we need to get prepared. We should have been prepared a long time ago, shouldn't we? But we need to be prepared and take a stand. Acts 4.31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and spake the word of God with boldness. Pray. Speak the word of God with boldness. Stand at this door back here when somebody comes in and says, you got to get out here. No, you get out. You get out of here because this is the house of God. And then the only way that we're going to be able to do that is stay close to God and pray. Ask God to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be physical about it. And I, I believe that God will take care of the matter if we take a stand for him. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 14. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. If I could leave you tonight with one verse. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Stand for the Lord. And if you've come tonight or if you're listening and you've never trusted Jesus Christ tonight, you can't stand as a man of God because you've never trusted Him. You can't stand as a woman of God because you've never trusted Jesus Christ to save you. You must come His way, not my way not the preacher's way, not anybody else's way, but you must come God's way. You must come through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said He came to seek and to save those who were lost. And if you have never trusted Him as your Savior, tonight is the night you need to do that. Tomorrow may be too late. The next minute may be too late. We've seen people all around us, even in our, uh, even in our midst, who we never expected that this would happen to them. But they're now in glory. That's a difference between a person who has never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. These people that we know have gone to heaven. But if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, you're not going to heaven if you die this minute. And you need to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior right now. And ask Him, ask him to come into your heart. Jesus says to as many as receives Him, He will give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. No man's going to be able to pluck them out of my Father's hand, he says. My Father and I are one. Jesus wants to save people tonight. He wants to save people of this world. And if you've never trusted Him, He loves you tonight. He gave His life for you. And He wants you to trust Him as your Lord and Savior. And Christian, you need to look to Jesus Christ tonight. You need to trust Him, not, be, not to get saved because you already are saved. You need to trust Him in your life to give you the strength that you need. And you should not be shaken in your boots when something comes along that mankind wants to shake you up about. Not what the devil wants to shake you up about. You need to stand for the Word of God. Stand for Jesus Christ. Let's pray.